You're listening to the Faith Matters Podcast with Steve McKinley. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Did you know that the popular view of what it means to be accepted by God and to get into heaven someday is do the best you can, do all the good works you can, and hopefully God will accept you someday. Is that your view of what it means to get into heaven and to be accepted by God? Just do the best you can and, well, hope for the best. And did you know that there are actually two conflicting views of good works in the Bible? That's right. We see good works that are actually pleasing to God, but we also see supposed good works that are uh, displeasing to God and actually turn out to be bad works. Can this be true? And how can that be? Well, let's take a look at it in the Bible here. God is displeased with good works when they accompany sin. And good works do nothing to undo sin in our lives. So from the time that we're a child till we're grown up, we continue in sin. And we have a life filled with sin. And the Bible teaches us that no amount of good works will ever cover up or undo all of the sins that we've already committed and will continue to commit today and tomorrow and for the rest of our lives. And so good works displease God when they accompany sin, and also good works will never undo sin in our lives. And we see a classic example of this here in Isaiah 64. And so I have my Bible open to Isaiah chapter 64. Isaiah is a prophecy book in the Old Testament. And the prophet Isaiah says in verse 5, I'm just going to read a little snippet out of verse 5. He says, Behold, thou art wroth. This is the prophet Isaiah speaking to God. And he says, You are wroth or angry, for we have sinned. In those is continuance. What he means is we continue in these sins. And therefore, God, you are angry. And then in verse 6, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And there is none that calleth upon thy name that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us, and hast consumed us because of our iniquities. And so we see several things about sin. And the first thing that we note, we've noted already, is that sin is a continuation. We continue in sin. And there's something about sin that the more we try to get away from sin, uh, the harder it seems to be. Uh, Sin is addictive. Uh, There are patterns of sinful behavior in our lives that we just have a hard time giving up. It's like we're in slavery to sin. That's actually what Jesus said. We're slaves to sin. And so sin is a continual practice, and not only that, it defiles and it destroys. And we see the effects of sin here in verse 6. We all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And so he's using a few illustrations from nature here, like a wilted leaf on a tree. Our lives, because of our sin, are fading away and dying. 
eventually will die in our sin. And also like the wind, our iniquities have carried us away. And this is the kind of addictive nature of sin that he's talking about here. They've carried us away. They've led us away to places that we never wanted to go. And they dominate and rule our lives in various ways. And therefore, we see uh, the consequences or the effects of sin. And the ultimate effect of sin is that it separates us from God. You know, sin can separate us from, from God above Sin can separate us from people around us if we sin against them. Sin can actually cause harm to our own selves. Uh, It can cause guilt and shame and all the bad feelings that come from doing things that we don't necessarily like doing, um, but that we do anyway because of our sinful nature. And so sin causes separation And he said here, There is none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us. So here are sinful people who don't want to call upon God. And here's a God who does not want to hear the prayers of sinful people. And so there's a separation between God and sinful people. And boy, do we have a generation of people today who don't want to pray to God. They're too busy with their lives, they're consumed with their lives, whether they be lives with good works or bad works. People are consumed with their works, their their sins, and their uh, behaviors, and they don't want to pray to God. They don't want to ask forgiveness, and so they don't. And so there is a separation that the prophet talked about, which we can see in our own day, likely in our own lives. And so good works alongside sin is is meaningless. And if we can if we think that we can somehow do good things that will make up for the wrong that we've done, then our good works actually become offensive to God. See, that's when they're especially offensive to God is when we think that somehow they make up for the bad things that we've done. And so this is how the prophet can say, our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And that literally means a menstrual cloth or a menstrual rag. It's a vivid image here of something that, that is repulsive. And he says, our righteousnesses are as these filthy rags to God. When does God hate supposed righteousness or good works? such as giving to charity and being kind to your neighbor and trying to tell the truth and all of these things. It's when we think that they can somehow undo the sin that we've already done. And so our good works our good works can actually be repulsive to God when we think that our good works are somehow going to cover up for our bad works, or when we're doing good works and still allowing sin in our lives. It's kind of like a child who will obey the parent when when he's with the parent, but he has a bad attitude and does all kinds of bad things behind the parent's backs. Do you think a parent is pleased with a son who does good works um, when he's in their view? Probably not. The parent 
rather than wanting obedience, uh, just outward obedience from the child, he wants the heart of the child. The parent wants to have a good relationship with the child and would rather have a good relationship than mere outward superficial obedience. And God would rather have a repentant heart than good works with a heart that does not honor him. And so Isaiah 57, 12 says, I will declare thy righteousness and thy works, for they shall not profit thee. That's what God says. I will declare your righteousness and your works, and they will not profit you. And so have you ever told a lie or dishonored your parents or thought an immoral thought? Then you have sinned against God, and your sin separates you from God. It makes your good works meaningless to God. But you know, there are also works that please God. And I know what you're thinking. Doesn't God value good works? And doesn't he require us to do good works? And the answer is, yes, he does. But before you come to know God personally through faith in Jesus Christ, you are continually outside of his family and you are outside of his will. And good, no amount of good works will ever change that. But once you come to know God, once you are joined to his family, then the Bible teaches us that you receive his Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit works in you to do good works which please him. And we find that... In Ephesians chapter 2, I'll turn my Bible here to Ephesians chapter 2 and read verses 8 through 10. And it says here, For, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, not of good works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And so, by grace are you saved through faith. He says you are saved, not by the good works that you do, but by placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and then God will give you his grace or his gift of salvation. And it's not of works, lest any man should boast. Did you know that you're not going to be standing in heaven someday saying, look how good I was to my neighbors. Look how much money I gave to charity. Or look how much money I gave to the church. Uh, Or look how kind I was to everyone around me. No, you're not going to be standing there boasting about that. If you're in heaven at all, it will be because you placed your faith in Jesus Christ and you will be boasting in him and saying, look what Jesus Christ did for me. He died on the cross to cleanse me from my sin. And so you can come into God's family by placing your faith in Jesus Christ and believe that he died to pay the price for your sin. And when you come into the family of God, um, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your heart. And it says here in verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works. You see, the Christian life is a new life in Christ. 
And once we place our faith in Christ, we are created anew in Christ Jesus, and he, it says that we are his workmanship in Christ Jesus. We become a work of God. When, when, we're, when we belong to God's family, we become his work, and he works in us to perform works that please him. And so where do works fit into the Christian life? Well, good works will never make you a Christian. According to these verses right here, it's by faith in Jesus Christ. But once you have faith in Christ and you're part of the family of God, God works in you now to do these good works which please him, and it's his will that we should do these good works. It's kind of like an adoptive child. Once once a child is adopted by a family, the child will naturally begin to take on the character of the family, and it'll kind of conform and be shaped by the family. And so it is when we enter the family of God, we begin to take on the, the character of God, and we learn more and more what it means to be like Jesus Christ, and we do these good works in our lives that are pleasing to him. And so when we're in God's family, the sin problem has been removed by the cleansing blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit motivates us to do works that God is pleased with. And so we see that good works that please God And good works that do not please God have a totally different motive and a different character. The the works that don't please God are works that are motivated by a desire to cover up our sins and to somehow earn us a spot in heaven. And that doesn't work. The Bible says it's by faith in Jesus Christ. And once we have faith in Christ... We're motivated to do good works by the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And I want to leave you with this verse, what Paul said in Philippians 3 and verse 9. He said, And be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Paul said, Whatever it takes, whatever the cost, I don't want to be found standing before God having my own righteousness. I want to be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And so I want to ask you, Do you belong to the family of God, and do you have a home in heaven by faith in Jesus Christ? Are you doing good works that please him? I hope that you've placed your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and that he is honored by the works that you do. May God bless you as you seek to serve him this week.